Hey, everybody. Welcome into Back to You with Panger and Niner. I'm KT, and we are super excited for episode number 12, guys. And wow. the voice of Monday Night Football, Joe Buck, joining us shortly. Huge St. Louis Blues resident, Blues sports fan, uh, and a friend of all of ours. But uh, it's a great conversation. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. We could talk to him for hours. But, um, but yeah, that's what's coming up on the show. It's been a great week so far. Thank you to all of our subscribers and for those fans listening in at Back the number two you show you can follow us on instagram social media on twitter of course youtube and we are very appreciative of all the feedback we've been getting because uh people are listening and they're excited and they're enjoying it you guys so good to see you yeah great to see you as well kt and you too niner i know there's a lot of sports going on and we just finished up with the the winter classic on on uh, the nhl on tnt which was outstanding and great work by everybody in, in seattle and and Vegas was the visitor in that one. And, uh, and of course, you, well, you already see it. You know how, how often I wear my Johnny O stuff anyway. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And I've known Johnny for a long time. And he's, he's just a, an incredible person. But the company is just so great. They started from the ground floor. And um, thanks to our friendships and our relationships uh, with, with Johnny O's, um, he's also got a great 15% off first purchase. And I know Niner. I gave you the code. That's why you got that casual wear going on right now. You got I see the nice that. hoodie they gave um, me. Beautiful. I saw that. I saw that. But episode eleven, you had some nice, nice, comfy stuff as well. And I'm more comfortable, certainly in the uh, in the quarters. If I bring it on the road all the time, because it's just so easy. If you're going for a, a light stretch, or you're going for a walk, or you're even going to the rink, as we well know, it's it's ice cold and that. So you know, you can use the fifteen uh, percent off the first purchase. You go to Johnny Dasho dot com johnny dash o dot com 50 off the first purchase and using the b2 y 15 b2 y 15 back to you 15 so that's 15 percent off their first purchase our good friends over at johnny o's and don't forget it's 15 percent off with our promo so that's the back the number two u and jan j-a-n for january that's the code number so make sure if you're interested in getting something from johnny o now's the time to do it use our promo code and um and yeah it'll be, it, you get great gear like what panger's wearing right now and don't you see, that's why that's why I don't officially do promos that well. Give it to the pros I mean, here, Fanger. I got you back. I got Johnny O's back. And also a huge shout out to AKG for um, supplying all of yeah. our audio and vis- video supplies. And the microphones are great. So we thank everybody who's been helping out because it's just awesome. It's amazing how many people want to come and support um, a show like this. So we appreciate everybody. Thanks to Johnny O. Thanks to Mura Golf. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. AKG. Niner, am I missing anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Of uh, all well, JBL, the parent company, yeah. Samsung. Yep. You got but, it. But uh, the Johnny O, just to to elaborate, don't forget, they also have the NCAA, they have NHL. Oh, that's and right. And I got that's my wonderful right. Michigan shirt on. Yeah, so big game up. We are recording this on Monday afternoon. Yes. Big game tonight, Niner. Are you, are you ready for Washington, Michigan National Championship? I am ready. So like Catherine just said, we are taping this a few hours before kickoff. But uh, next time we speak, hopefully I can uh, represent the, the Michigan brand and the Johnny O'Ware with Michigan. And uh, we bring home a W. There you go. Where, where are you going to be watching it, Niner? I'm very, I'm, I'm like, do, do you need to watch like by yourself in your house? Do you go out to a bar? Are you going to, you going to Charles's house? Yeah, we, we actually watched the uh, Sunday night football game last night with Charles at a, a local place, uh, Famous 48, right down the street from him, a great little sports bar and, and food and drinks. 
Charles had to take the red eye out, but last week we watched the Michigan Alabama game all together at a great place called Trevor Liquors over by my house. And actually at Trevor Liquors where we're going to go tonight, but Charles will not be with us, but we are going to go and watch the game tonight. Hanger, you would love this setup. Cigar lounge, uh, wine and liquor. They've got mm. golf simulators. Pizza, second pizza, here. salads, <laughs> and, and, and my great friends over at Camus Wines Ooh. supplies us with, with a couple of bottles of Camus, so we get to go. We actually sit in the golf simulator. We turn the game on the, the golf simulator with the volume, and then last week wow. we had a golf simulator right next door to us, so at every commercial, Charles had to show us his awful swing, and uh, it was just atrocious. That's I think that's a little harsh, but, Niner. Uh, I know that... He's he's gonna start taking money out of your pocket, and you can't be you can't be ripping on him like they can't even defend themselves. Well, right we'll, we'll get him back you know? on. He can defend himself, but he's down one nothing. I tell you what is. <laughs> What's that? I, I thought you were gonna say something else. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by something off camera here, guys. You know, live TV, we've got some stuff going on in the background, so I missed your last line there. But it's okay, all systems are a go here in the Tappan household. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just get to the interview? Everybody wants to hear what Joe Buck has to say anyway. He doesn't want to hear, they don't want to hear what we have to say. So shall we toss to it, guys? The great, the one and only Hall of Famer, Joe Buck. The Mira story is one of family passion and precision. It's one focused on the power of touch with every iron handcrafted and a belief in meticulous attention to detail. It's one grounded by an unwavering commitment to the pursuit of perfection. I can speak from experience. That buttery feel coming through the golf ball is truly second to none. You can visit mirrorgolf.com to learn the mirror story. Discover the lineup of forged irons and wedges, plus much more. Specifically for our listeners, you can enjoy 15% off your next purchase on the site using the promo code back to you 15 That's back, the number two, U15. Mirrorgolf.com also has a dealer location so you can find a retailer near you if you're looking to test these irons out or get your hands on in person. Discover perfection with Mirror Golf. There's yeah. Joe. Hey, Joe. Hi, everybody. <laughs> He's got his own microphone, kids. Look at oh him. Gosh. He's a real pro. Now I lost you guys. <laughs> Speaking of pros, he has a hi. Hi, Joe. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. You're so busy these days. That's uh, okay. I just sit here. Best, I sit here all day hoping somebody will ask me to come on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we we hey, figured. Joe, we're we're happy to, to oblige. Craig, yes. Say hello to Niner beside us there, Joe. That's Craig Conley. My old buddy. And, and, Hi, uh, Joe. How are you? We go back. Good. Yeah. Craig, how are you? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, yes. are, I'm, yeah. Uh, happy to do it. I know how it is. I had a podcast once. I'm glad I don't anymore, uh, but happy to help. That's great. Voice <laughs> voice, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> is that bourbon, Joe, or is that just tea for now? Straight bourbon. I have to pick up five-year-olds up at school when we're done, so i got to okay, get ready. Buddy. Okay, you got it. We'll get you in and out here. How about that? No, how I'm long- kidding. That wasn't, that wasn't why I was saying that. Okay. I, that, that was just being making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what, what, are you, what are you working on today? What do you have to do as far as getting ready for your next game? I, just reading. I mean, I don't know how you guys are, but when I've, when I've got a game and, and it's, uh, you know, in my case, it's a national game, um, and, and you guys do that stuff all the time, 
you have to act in week 19 like I've been watching every game weeks 1 through 18. So it's it's a constant, you know, catch up when I figure out what my game is this week, which is Philly at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. We actually had them in week 3. So uh we had that game already this year. I've had this will be I think the fourth time I've had Philly. So it's it's not that big of a catch up, but it's still a catch up and and so it's it's everyday reading and then tomorrow I'll start working on my boards that I that I have in front of me when when the game starts. Well, I've got Excellent. the Browns Texans this weekend. So any any notes you can share with me for the <laughs> I'll send you all I got. I've done one Browns game that was like three quarterbacks ago. Yep, and so- uh Texans I just did. I got all the CJ Stroud stuff you Perfect. could ever want. I'll give you my email. You can just send that right over. And then my, <laughs> okay, that's my homework. See, that's how I do it, Joe. You yes. just gotta find you gotta find a wingman to copy the notes. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. That's good. I'm happy to help. I'll give you all I got. That's awesome, you guys. Great. That's, that's great. great. Okay, show's over now, Joe. You did great. Okay, good. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> okay, K- KT, start us off there, kid. Yeah. Oh, we're rolling, Panger. We're in it. <laughs> good. I figured we were. <laughs> these are the best ones. The, these are the ones like I, I used to have a podcast with Oliver Hudson, and he was always late which is one of the main reasons why I no longer have a podcast with Oliver Hudson because he drove me absolutely effing crazy. And and I was trying to get this little uh, person uh, to be respectful of times and, and whatever. And so he was a little late. He had something going on. We were going to interview Matthew McConaughey, which was like a big get, big guest. And he and I got into the worst fight oh, no. before McConaughey got on. And we left it all in, and the fight is actually better than the conversation that we had with Matthew McConaughey. So I once you, once everybody gets on, you hit record because you never know what you're going to capture. Oh, that is great. That Thank is really – yeah, that is good. Well, we haven't scrapped yet, you know, uh, so far. We haven't scrapped it. We, uh, Barkley was on. We, I tried to fight him, Joe, but that didn't work out very well. You know, I and made we, the joke that I sit here all day waiting for somebody to ask me to come on their podcast. I'm pretty sure Barkley does. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is might. the biggest name slash easiest get of all time. <laughs> I was just telling the guys. Yeah, so Charles is a neighbor here in uh, Scottsdale, and uh, we watched the football game last night. And uh, I said, well, let's let's golf tomorrow morning. He goes, nope, I'm taking the red eye. I got to do the Colbert show in New York tomorrow night. So there you go. <laughs> that's that's Charles. I mean, he's one of those guys that, and you know him probably better than I do, but I know him enough to know that he's one of those people that if you're in his camp, and it's a big camp, uh, mm-hmm. he'll do whatever he can to help you out. He's got a huge heart, um, really wickedly smart, um, and, and obviously somebody who's not afraid to share an opinion. I, I – I fully believe that he's one of the few people walking the planet that really legitimately doesn't care what other people think about him. And it's made him so endearing to so many people. I, I worry I, I, as I walk the, that same planet, I worry every day, every hour, what everybody <laughs> thinks of me and he just doesn't care. So I, I, I tip my hat to the great Charles Barkley on that. You know, Joe, when, when we had Chuck on, he, uh, we, we, you know, we, we, we thought, ah, well, Chuck, how long you got 30, 40 minutes. And by an hour, an hour and 20, we were begging him to, we got to go. Like, I yeah, we, I signed we off go. like four different times. And then he kept bringing it back in and telling another funny story. I was that, like, that's like production <laughs> meetings with Brett Favre back in the day. He'd sit there and it was like a form of therapy for these guys. And Favre 
by the end, you're like, Jesus, I mean, this is good, but how many more stories can I hear about Uncle Rube down in, in Mississippi? But they were all great, really entertaining, but eventually it's like, I got to go. Uh, you can keep talking, but I'm going back to the hotel. Uh, why, why is it that us analysts, especially during these production meetings, we have to rehash 100 stories? It, it's, yeah. I mean, when I first started at ESPN, the, the, the Bill Clement was the main analyst and I was starting out and then I'd go to sit in a meeting and well, Bill just kept going. And then Barry Melrose would come in the meeting and he would just keep going. And then the minute I tried, cause I only played 81 games, had 27 wins, I would start something. I got shut out. Like you read about just, okay, you're, you're done. <laughs> and then, and then it would go on and on and on. And, and now but it's the conversations have nothing else. to do with the upcoming nothing. game. Nothing. Not whatsoever. It's but you're right. It's like therapy. It's like if I talk an awful lot, I'll get warmed up for the game. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 you know, those production meetings are good and it's great because there's so much coverage now. Like I think of when I started my career at Fox in 94, there's so much more information out there that the fan, the average fan is so much more educated on what we're doing and what we're presenting to them on a Sunday or Monday or Saturday or whatever it is that I think the value in having production meetings is you're getting one-on-one -on -one time and you're finding out or getting a quote or broaching a topic that hasn't been covered yet in the paper. But back then in the mid nineties, you know, it, it was, it, everything was kind of golden and, and whatever you talked about, I, I don't know if at least in football, with fantasy football, like I've got, I've got two daughters at one's 27, one's 24. My 24 year old is an avid fantasy football player. And she's asking me questions that I can't answer. Like, you know, who's <laughs> dad, should I get the backup tight end in Jacksonville or, you know, Evan Ingram's nicked up this week. I'm like, really? Oh, good. Well, I might want to find out about that. Um, Better put an X beside him on the board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, I, it's it's I think the value in it is not just to renew old friendships, but to uh, to get something that everybody hasn't read a thousand times already. So, Joe, how, have had to, how have you had to adjust? I mean, has your call over the years, you know, been modified because of the information highway that now is is so accessible? Like, how do you find ways to to still bring elements to the broadcast that are unique because you do it every single week? Yeah, it's hard. It becomes harder and harder to um, just because of the nature of of 24 seven coverage of, of all of these sports. So I think, you know, I, I think you have to be careful in today's world of trying to inject too much personality, but you can't be a robot. Um, you know, Panger is yeah, I live in St. Louis, so he's gold to me. And it meant a lot when he was doing games. And he had anecdotes on players that we didn't see um, that, that had connections maybe to somebody with the blues or like a name from years gone by that there was something there. And, and so I think trying to connect some of those dots and trying to make something, I think the main thing that you can do that makes it a little more interesting is taking something that's happening today in 2023, 24 and relating it back to something in another era or saying, you know, you start talking about we just had C.J. Stroud in our game, and you can take C.J. Stroud's name off the "Hey, isn't he a great, great quarterback for a rookie?" to "He's just a really good quarterback." And when's the last time some quarterback came in? Like I work with Aikman, 
And he said during the game, you know, I was a number one overall pick. Stroud was number two. We won one game my rookie year, and here they are going to the playoffs. It's not that easy. So having having kind of that personal uh, touch, and and whether it's you to the athlete that you're covering or you with the person you're on the air with that can have some relation like I just talked about, I think that's when it becomes a little bit more unique and and not what you would typically get, um, you know, with people that that don't have that kind of personal access. Yeah, imagine your dad when he started. Uh, you know, there was there was no having to do any of that. You just called the game. I'm sure. Right? There's it, and there's was, some value in that too. By the way, yeah. I I think you know. So with with everything I just said about the meetings, that's great. But I remember when, you know, my dad was was close with Kelly Chase, who who were were I'm sure we're all kind of friends with tangentially. And and when Kelly started in the radio booth with the blues, my dad came up to see him at the blues game. At least Kelly told me this story, whether it's true or not. I don't know. I'll consider the source. It's Kelly Chase. <laughs> but he my dad said, Oh my, you know, Kelly's showing him all the notes that he had made about the that night's game and whatever. And and my dad according to Kelly just said, Oh yeah, let me see those. And just threw them out of the booth and said, you've, you've, <laughs> you've played hockey. You know what you're looking at, watch the game, cover it and, and talk about what you know. And I, and I think, I think you can get over-reliant on those notes and over-reliant on those production meetings and lose the main topic, which is that night, or that day's game. And and that's what you're there to cover. I, everything that you're talking about, whether it's production meetings, whether it's reading, whether it, that's all history. Nobody's ever seen the game that you're doing right now. So if you're buried in your notes and your head is down, whether it's literally or figuratively, I, I think you're missing what is most important, which is seeing and reacting and and being true to what's going on at that time instead of trying to always cram something that's happening now into your notes because that, you know, I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Cause it may be history. You might have history yeah. right in front of you. And exactly. you might be the voice or the soundtrack of right now. And mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. story has been told a few times about chaser. And, and by the way, we should give chaser a shout out right now. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's at Siteman's uh, in St. Louis on uh, Joe, as, as you know, he's battling uh, a, a form of leukemia. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, so he's, he was in there for three weeks before Christmas time and, and then uh, he, he brought uh, Tony Twist to get him out of uh, the hospital. Um, any arguments, it was Twist and Chase, so they fought everybody. They got him out of the hospital. Then he got him back into the hospital. And, yeah, who's uh, going to stand in front of uh, Tony Twist and Kelly Chase and saying, uh, you know, you have, a, you have an appointment tomorrow morning at 11? No, it's over with. We're leaving, and we'll see you later. Joe, I just ran into a couple of scouts, pro scouts, that, that said, yeah, I was in Chicago, so I made sure that I, I went in there. I called Chase, or I went in there. And, and, and he said, yeah, come in between 345 and 405 or whatever. He go, they go into the hospital, and there's, there's Rick Tockett. Uh, there's Twist. Uh, there was another player. There was probably Chief. There was, anyway, there was like seven guys hot stove, and like it was the green room of all green rooms right there. <laughs> That's amazing. Probably leading the whole conversation. God you know, I, your, your, sport, your sport is just filled with – really good people and, and really, and, and I'm not saying the other ones aren't, but I, I just think, you know, it's, it's the age old saying and it's, but it's so true that it's, there's just something about a professional or an NHL hockey player that's just different 
and you know they stitch me up and let me go kind of mentality and you just don't see it in in the other sports as much it does certainly exist but i i think you know it's your your sport is filled with a lot of really interesting good people and Joe, yeah, you live here in St. Louis, and I know you're season ticket holder, but can you just go back to maybe explaining, I know the story we do, but maybe our audience doesn't, of how, how you got into hockey and, you know, where your passion lies with the sport and, and the history you have with it. I know, it goes goes way back. <laughs> it does. Uh, you know, my dad was the first voice of the Blues on KMOX radio or whoever was covering the Blues at the time, but he was the play-by-play guy, and he had no idea what the hell he was looking at. And he <laughs> made the joke that he was going to pick one player every game, and that player was going to have the game of his life. Whether he was really having a game of his life or not, there was no TV, there was no simulcasting, there was no – so it was Pang in the corner, digs it out, feeds to Pang in front of the net, great save by Pang. Uh, it, and that was kind of how he did the blues, but he fell in love with it. Um, I think it's an easy sport. It's an easy – event to fall in love with the end-to-end action there's just nothing i mean i guess in in basketball is like that but you had the physical part to it and and to me there's just nothing like it so he you know as much as he sat me down in the back of the booth when he was broadcasting baseball games and football games we were together on the couch watching blues games when i was a young man and then you know, as, as I started my professional career, one of the first things I did with the money that I made was buy blue season tickets Wow! at a time when I probably shouldn't have been, you know, maybe allocating that much to something that at, at that time was maybe a little bit beyond my reach. And then, you know, I, I stayed a season ticket holder throughout all those years. And the year I stopped because oh, no. we had twin boys and I was like, I'm never going down there. And all I'm doing is just handing these tickets out. I watch every game, but and then that's why Darren is such a, a part of the soundtrack of many years of my life. But I'm never going to go down. If I want tickets, I can ask, and they'll. So I give them up the year they win the cup. Uh, but I, I was, uh, I, I was there in spirit. I was there in spirit, living and dying with every uh, every shot, every block, every save. But. Uh, yeah, that, that's just perfect timing. <laughs> Do you guys know that, uh, that Joe joined John Kelly and I in the booth, uh, in St. Louis for a game? I think it was probably half a game, Joe. Is that about I right? Know that. No, it was like, it was, I, I mean, no, it was like yeah. five minutes. It was, no, uh, and you guys let me do play by play against the Kings one night. And then some guy on NHL.com ripped me for doing no. it and like he sucked and, and I listen oh, to it now geez. years later when I can't remember what I was thinking in the moment. I was like, that's not that bad. But when you go <laughs> into fantastic. a game, it's it's like the age-old nightmare that I'm sure we all have where you show up at a game and you you can't really see the scoreboard or you don't really know who's playing and you don't know anybody's name. I knew every Blues – I was doing the game like my dad did it in the 60s. I was doing the every Blues player that touched it. I knew Kopitar, and that's about it for the uh, L.A. Kings. And so I, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to know. You're perfect. Yeah, no, it was weak, but it was fun, and uh, it just let me know that I I was uh, doing the right sports from for the way my brain works uh, a little bit slower than the way your brains work. <laughs> well, we we stuck John John Ham was our hero, as you well know. 
in our in a game. Yeah, with like Barbashev got nine exactly. goals in a game. It was, yeah, it was almost like your your dad picking one player. That that's who John Ham just picked Barbashev, and the way he said it, Ivan Barbashev, and he said it just so like almost Avon Cornway of the Montreal Canadiens in a way he said it so soothing. And then he scored the goal and then right. he scored another wow. goal. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's how you get to be the voiceover guy from Mercedes. You know, that's, that's, right. <laughs> that's John who I grew up with. I mean, I, I, I don't Rudy probably gets tired of the story if you've heard it, but he, his parents passed away at an early age and, and he was basically raised by different households around St. Louis. And one of the households was the household of my best friend. I'm two years older than John, two grades older than John. And John was really close with my best friend's little sister. So I've known John since we were 15 and uh, you know, it's kind of crazy that all these years later um, you know, we found ourselves at uh, Colin Jost's, christmas party and and it's like and i've known this guy since we were laying on the floor playing trivial pursuit uh he was really good at that by the way and i'm awful uh when we were teenagers and and that's uh it's just funny how that that is all kind of transpired by the way that's a good canadian game by the way the founders of really from ontario canada i tell you and stuff i didn't know that i love yeah they built they built two great golf courses in ontario and Devil's Pulpit and another one. And th- that's the Trivial Pursuit, guys. There you go. That's all I, I got for everybody. Yep. And how about a shout-out for Mira while you're at it? Yeah, there you go. Do you, there you go. There, well, here we go. Uh, hang on. You had to ask, bro. There you go. Uh, what, what do you got, graphite shafts, old man? Oh, hold on, hold on. I, look at what they get for me here. I can do this for you, Joe. Look at. Can you, can you read that? Oh, God. At Panger 40. <laughs> oh. Holy jumping no i know i got my my five-year-old say holy jumping every once in a while better that than something else that could come yeah, out right? of that. that's true uh who's what daughter was it that i saw you guys at paul manos and you had a holy jumping t-shirt trudy she did yeah yeah it was trudy that's that was, was trudy she's my younger yeah. of the two older ones yeah. and now yeah. uh, as i referenced uh i've i've got uh, five-year-old <laughs> twin boys so i've wow. got them yeah. coming and going i've got one that's getting ready to get married and um watching blippy on youtube with the others oh boy that's good I'm, I'm watching bluey with the grandkids yeah and, bluey. Uh, and, and don't forget bluey. about marshall marshall and uh and yeah. uh sky and um, red sky liberty yeah. keep going Absolutely. let me hear you yeah. name some oh, more shoot. paw patrol rubble oh my god rubble. Rubble. Sure. he's got the he's got the tank, 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 tank. Yeah. yeah 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 um all led uh, by rider come on you rider. got it panger let's by go rider. by rider, rider. And sky yeah Right up there. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. That's got life it. now. That's life that, for me. That's what I'm doing, Catherine, to answer your that's question. That's the beauty of it, though. And I got to ask and you, though, because it's pig. like, it's oh, so, sorry. I know, I mean, I know just covering, you know, NFL games when I do, it's, it's, it's so all consuming. And I, I see the work that, you know, you do and the work that, you know, Mike Tirico and fellow broadcasters of ours that are in the booth doing play by play. But how do you find time or how do you allocate time for your family, for, you know, personal things, maybe your golf game. I know you live over there on Old Warson. Great yeah. course. Got to play that during <laughs> the cup final. But um, Great club. One of the best. How do you, how do, you do it, Joe? How, wh- how do you prioritize your... your you know, I, I think that's been my number one priority since I started because I was on the receiving end of that with my dad doing everything. I mean, he was doing Cardinal baseball, CBS football on radio, CBS football on TV, 
was doing morning radio shows in St. Louis on KMOX and was coming and going. And he and I were best friends, so I'm not crying about it. And, and he and I made our time together really count. But I think growing up on the, on the other side of that, once I was in that position, I, I was always mindful of not being the dad that was just gone all the time. And, and so I remember in 06, I think it was, um, I was doing the Fox baseball game of the week. And then I was doing the football game, uh, the big football game with, with Aikman and then James Brown left and he left and went to CBS. So Fox said, well, why don't you Joe host the pregame show, which I did. We'll take the pregame show on the road, wherever your game is. And you can host the pregame show, then go do the game, then come back down and do the OT show afterward. (laughs) And I said, okay, that sounds uh, exciting and fun. (laughs) And sounds like a lot, but as far as my baseball schedule is concerned, can I have some of the weekends off during the regular season? And Fox said yes. And so then Richard Sandemir, who was writing for the New York Times, mm-hmm. wrote an article and, and had talked to me. And he, he said in an interview, in, in a phone interview, how can you say that you're the voice of baseball if you don't do every game? And, and I said, first of all, I don't say I'm the voice of baseball. And secondly, I am deathly afraid of overexposure on TV and underexposure at home. And that's the way that I've always tried to be. So when they're in school during the day, I get my stuff done. I get my reading done in the morning. I'll work on my boards during the day. And they're, you know, they're, they're in bed by eight 30. And instead of, you know, watching a show on Netflix, I go to work on my boards and try to get to bed at an early time because they're going to be up early and you start the process all over again. But it's, everybody works hard. You know, people have, way more difficult jobs and things to balance than I do. And and the truth of the matter is both times now with my kids being little first time around. And now I, I feel like I have more time with them than my contemporaries had with their kids or have, because I'm not a nine to five guy. I'm not going and punching the clock. I'm, I can kind of make my own weekday hours to get myself ready. I know what I need to know and I know what I don't need to know and then go do the game and, and come home and start it all over again. But I'm, I'm not the guy that's complaining about it, but I'm aware that I don't want my kids to write a book someday saying we never saw dad. I, that's just not the, Mm. that's not the dad I want to be. Good for you. Good for you. That's, but I'm lucky. I'm I'm lucky that I can do that. And I realize that I'm not, I'm not chasing it every day, and that's just because I'm in a fortunate spot. I used to do the Cardinals every day. I was gone during the summer all the time, and I was doing 162 games a year, and I know what that side of it's like. I don't know what it's like to be whatever, a police officer, a lawyer, a doctor, a astronaut, any of that other stuff, but I know what I know, and and you know I've just graduated to this part in my life when I can kind of pick and choose where and when I do stuff. Do you, uh, do you miss the baseball at all? I do. I miss the local baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't miss the national stuff. I don't miss, you know, going through the month of October. I love, I love the moments. I love calling a home run that wins a world series or calling a, you know, a a brilliantly pitched game in October that, you know, has everybody talking about how great Madison Bumgarner is or somebody like that. But 
I, I, I don't miss the you hate my team because, you know, you're not cheering along with me. I tell the story all the time. I was told it the other day on the Martian podcast that I got it. It came crystal clear to me why I would get the hate in October because when the games matter the most, people at home on their couch want to listen to the people that they've listened to all season long. And for as much as I admire the work done by Doc Emmerich, and for as much as I adore everything about Kenny Albert, who I consider a really good friend, I wanted to hear my local guys do the game. When they were in the Stanley Cup final against the Bruins, I don't really care about the Bruins. I don't want to hear about their minor league system. I don't want to know what, what <laughs> makes everybody sad and happy on the Bruins. I don't care. I want to hear about the Blues. Yeah. And so when we would show up and you're getting excited when whoever, Jason Hayward, hits a home run for the Cubs, well, everybody in Cleveland thinks, well, why is he yelling and screaming for that guy? He should be sad like me. And so that just was 24 World Series of dealing with all that stuff. Um, took a little bit of the fun and the starch out of it. I loved every minute of it. But I, I, I miss the local, like going there, being the eyes and ears of a fan base, knowing you're getting off the bus with a really good team, with a really good pitcher, and knowing that that night you're going to have some fun at the ballpark. There's not, there's no feeling like that. But that's a long time ago in my life, and and I'm 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 happy doing what I'm doing now. Well, John, John, yeah. uh, that that pregame and intermission though during the Bruins Blues series, I mean was that was, that was absolutely thought, right? perfection. There KT was, was bringing to the perfection. perfection. Yeah, no other broadcast sure. you'd want to watch. No, absolutely not. You were fantastic at that, and I I, I say that seriously. Um, Thank you. Yeah, but uh, is That's it Patrick Sharp playing? Is it Patrick Sharp? Is that his name? Oh yes, McDreamy, the Chicago Blackhawk. Yeah, McDreamy. Yeah, yeah the, the hairline just pisses me off. Like, there's nothing that guy could say, and I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. But I sit there, and I'm like, my God. Yeah, that wasn't that fair. Just beautiful and, yeah, and now like and now it's henrik Lundqvist. yep i was just gonna say now it's Lundqvist. yep he's got suits that fit perfect my daughter my oldest daughter lives a couple of blocks away uh, and she nannies for a family uh where i think their kids all go to the same school and and we were walking the other day and my daughter's like i see henrik Lundqvist all the time going into his into his kid's school never not in a suit yeah never not, <laughs> not in a suit, in a suit. Unreal. Wow. How about that? His suits are worth more than my entire oh. goalie gear I wore back in the 80s for sure. <laughs> he is bucked up with those three-piece suits. Yeah. Oh, my oh. God. But they fit so good. I tried to vest this year. I'm like, why do people wear these? It's like, I feel like it's awesome <laughs> tasting. I know why they wear them because when they get fatter, it can hide some of that. That's yeah, what, yeah I guess. You know, and then just I guess, do but like I don't that. like having grown up a fat kid. The last thing I want is for things feeling tight. Yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah. Every, every suit maker that I've ever gone to, they, they fit things like, I want to go, you know I'm going to sit down in this, right? There's a chance that I have to get into an SUV wearing this thing. Yeah. Pop or a, a couple buttons. Or, yeah. or a backpack or something on your that's hooked onto your belt. Yeah. Now you got to put the suit on there. Now that really isn't fitting. Yeah. 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 And then you I can't breathe. That. You look, you know, you look fit, but you start yeah. to sweat because nothing, nothing can't you, can't, you can't even inhale or exhale. Man, speaking of exhaling, what was the feeling like when you were inducted in the Hall of Fame? Mm. What, you know, what was it's that funny. like for I, you? Being, it was done the way it was done, which was unbelievable. Yeah, it was cool. It was neat that, that you know, they, they let me know on national TV, so I got to react in, in real time. Um, I have a hard time with that stuff. 
And, you know, emotionally, not, you mean, huh? Emotionally. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it would fall into the category of emotionally, but I I think it's more, you know, why I have a therapist having gotten into this business as my dad's son. I think it's hard for me to look at any accomplishments and go, ah, I did it. You know, I'm just not that kind of person. I'm, I'm more almost apologetic for getting the head start that I got and, and doing what I've been able to do. And, having an entree. I mean, I did the Cardinals when I was 21 years old. That's not happening. Wow. It's not happening if my dad's not Jack Buck. The other side of it is it's also not happening if I couldn't handle it. Yeah, but right. um, I, I think someday I'll, I'll be proud of all that stuff. But to answer your question, it, it's, it, it's not anything I've ever even thought about. And so I, I, don't, I don't feel some tremendous sense of, belonging in that stuff you know i when that happened and not that anybody remembers this but i was doing a a browns Bengals game and they announced at halftime that our producer said hey at halftime you you need to pay attention to the to the whatever the the studio show and and i said all right and and normally that's a tip off that they're going to honor aikman with something. And so I'm like, okay, got to trot out all the old Aikman's the best, <laughs> which I do believe, but still. And so then they turned it on me and I was like, wow, um, didn't expect that. And, uh, and, and so you react on national TV and then you go, you go there. And, and when that happened that night, I got a text from Marcus Allen of all people, not to name drop, but it's important to the story that said, Hey, welcome to the hall of fame. I was like, I texted him back as I'm doing the game, which I know we all do. And I said, Marcus, you got in the front door of the hall of fame. I'm going in like the, the lazy Susan way, like spun around and just fall off inside the building as some award winner. Thank you. Very yes. sweet of you, but no, I don't accept that. Cause I've, I've just done it for a long time. I'm proud of what I've done, but I didn't do it to go into the hall of fame. You thought somebody was retiring you the minute you got in. Hey, yeah. I'm not yeah. done yet. And <laughs> another got, thing, goodbye. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So now, I, it, it is weird. You know, I, I've found this year with a lot of different kind of lifetime things that have come along in my direction that I'm very thankful for. But in my mind, I still think of myself as 25. I still think of myself as the young guy in the room, and I'm not. And I still look – now I still look at players – and coaches as older people than me, and they're not. And so at some point that balance goes from one way to the other, and it's like I'm talking to people that I consider my superior and my senior, and they're 15 years younger than me sometimes. It's just like, Mm -hmm. am I just that big of a moron that I don't really grasp all that, or or am I just stuck like I'm – jack's kid sitting there doing the games but i don't know that i'd want to be any other way i don't think i want to be the old crusty guy being like eh, back when we used to do it back in the day ah, yeah i just <laughs> i have no desire for that when i get to that i better be long gone so um yeah that's that's just kind of how i look at everything hey joe uh you've had the opportunity to call so many great games so many great sporting yeah. events. does uh, one or two of them stick out from the others yeah, I, I mean, I, I think when people 
remember my career if they ever do. I, I think in Minnesota, they'll think about the Stefan Diggs, like Minneapolis miracle where he caught a touchdown pass and everybody I think thought he was just going to hop out of bounds. I did. And he turned around and was aware enough to know that nobody was in front of him. And he ran down the sideline for a game winning touchdown instead of a game winning field goal. Try. Um, that was a moment that was pretty stunning. I think my first world series in 96, when I was 27 and, you know, prior to game one, kind of wondering if I was out of my depth and could I really do this? And, um, you know, trying to take things slow and not get hyper about everything. And I, so much so that the game was about to start and all my kind of pregame stuff that I need in front of me wasn't even finished yet. And I was like, Oh my God. And then the rain started to come and they rained it out. And I was like, Oh my, thank you God that there was my <laughs> intervention because I wasn't ready to do the game. And then the next night I got to show up, all my stuff was done. And I got to relax and just do game one. And that was such a blessing that I didn't know was headed my way. But I, I think the first World Series I did in 96, and mm. I had never really thought of what I was going to say when the winning team won. And it just came out naturally. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And, yeah. you know, I was, I was just so St. Louis, so St. Louis. And then I'm sitting there in the Bronx calling the Yankees, winning the World Series, and proclaiming them as world champions and it was just nothing I, that had ever run through my mind before right. and but it came out and I was like okay I guess I can do this and then you just build on that year after year and hope to get better yeah, you probably grew from that to what was what year was it that, that you were the ESPN reporter in the AAA all-star game 89, uh, 89. I'd never I, done I TV in the NHL back then that's how long ago that was yeah I was uh, I was 19. Not yeah, or just turned twenty, and uh, wow. ESPN called and they wanted me to be the reporter That's for the awesome. ESPN All Star Game, and I'd never done TV. I'd seen plenty of it, and I was like, okay, I guess I stand here and I look into the camera, and I'm interviewing guys before the game, and I was so nervous that I grew from beginning to end a zit on my face. No. There was not, first of all, I was young. I probably uh, just gotten through puberty. And secondly, I had no mark at the start of the game. And by um, the end of it, I, I was ready to, you know, um, just exfoliate the hell out of my face. And that's how nervous I was. That's, that's how much hilarious. oil I had congealing uh, on my face oh no and you that, still uh, wanted to do it you still I, wanted to make it and i hard. still went back the next day and i still continued um but yeah you learn from all that stuff and you it is the ultimate fake until you make it kind of stuff i mean when i got hired at fox to do the nfl i'd never broadcast a football game and i i went out flew out to la for an audition i had practiced a game off tv with my dad i was the play-by-play -play guy he was my color analyst and we sat in spring in his spring training rented house watching it on tv and i was going well they, they the channel four in st louis sent a videotape of a game it was a saints game I think it was saints packers and he and i called the game from the living room and then i you know he told me a couple things that he thought i should work on and and i flew out to la and i was 24 and uh, sat in a studio and did kind of the same thing, broadcast a game off a TV monitor. And I, I knew it was going pretty well. And I put the headset down and I walked out of the studio and 
a guy like Slugworth and Willy Wonka comes up to me and he's like, Hey, you better get an agent. We're going to hire you. And, uh, or he said, who's your agent? I said, I don't have an agent. He said, well, you better get one. We're going to make you an offer. Um, and my life changed, you know, with, with what had happened the previous hour and had that gone poorly, who knows, maybe, maybe my life takes an entirely different path, but it went well and I got the job and I was there for 28 years. Was it more than the $1,400 that, ESPN and the deuce offered me in 1993 per game. It was slightly more. more Um, I could do the math right now. Wasn't a hell of a lot more now that I'm thinking about it, but it was more, (laughs) uh, more than I was making doing the Cardinals. So I was, and then all of a sudden I'm like 24, 25, having to ask the Cardinals for time off, which was a weird situation to be in. But thank God I worked for people that were like, absolutely. This is great for you. It, it, it ups your, presence and helps our broadcast in the end so go do it and uh i did that is outstanding outstanding uh, that fifty thousand watt blowtorch over there in st louis <laughs> yeah that helps that helps you, you mentioned um and joe i wanted to ask you about you know 28 years at fox and then you make right 28 was it yeah yeah and then you know you make the decision to switch and i it was all it's all goodness it's all it's great to be wanted but i would imagine that that decision there was a lot that went into it and you know you were weighing a lot probably your friends you'd been with and your colleagues at fox for so long so can you just talk a little bit about that process and 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 maybe what why it was so desirable for you and troy to to make the move over to espn well i mean yeah it's it's a multi-layered answer um you know, obviously it starts, the money was great and, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to act like it wasn't. So that, that's, you know, that was overwhelming and something that I didn't expect. Um, I saw Romo at the Tahoe event where I uh-huh. see you, Catherine, and I was sitting outside at that restaurant in that resort and Romo walks by. He's like, you're welcome. <laughs> like, you know, cause he changed the entire economics of yeah, football broadcasting. Right. Like, thanks Tony. Uh, but I wanted to stay with Troy. I, when I left Fox, I was torn and that's where I grew up. I mean, literally I went from a 24 year old, 25 year old young man to, you know, a a middle-aged guy and, and did all these events. And I mean, I did everything for them. I did live bass fishing. I did, uh, Robbie Knievel jumping over limousines. I did golf. I did, you know, all these other things in addition to baseball and football. And you, you make so many friends that you feel so comfortable that it's hard to, you know, rip yourself away from all that stuff. So I, I think that was the harder part. It's like, I'm leaving Pete Macheska, my producer, and I'm leaving Richie Zients, my football producer, I'm Mm -hmm. leaving Rich Russo and Matt Gangle and all these people that I love and that I trust and that know what, I am all about, and I know what they're all about. Just makes a very high stress job a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But I talked to David Hill once. I knew Troy was gone, and and Fox was amenable to at least talking to me about me getting out of the last year of my deal. And <clears throat> sorry, I'm not getting emotional. I'm choking on whatever the hell's in this tea. <laughs> um, I talked to David Hill. You're you're okay. Take a sip there, big guy. We don't need to lose your voice for the, uh, no, it's not that. It's like, I got something stuck back there. Um, I talked to Troy. I talked to David Hill, who was the man who hired me at Fox way back when, when I did that audition. 
And when I talked to Hill, I thought he would say, are you crazy? Everything you've built at Fox and all that, you know, you're intertwined with Fox Sports, you got to stay. He said, go. He said, you need something new in your life. You, you need to be challenged again. You need to be nervous before the broadcast. You need to see how they do it over there. And you need to bring whatever you have over there. And they bring parts of things of the way they've always done it to what you do. And that's how you grow in life. That's how you grow in business. So taking, you know, that part of it, add it to a known quantity with somebody who I've stood next to for 20 years and who I know has my back and he knows I have his, they were throwing Greg Olson at me at Fox. They were throwing the the potential of Tom Brady. I was like, man, I, I think Greg Olson's great, but I've never worked with him. And I think Tom Brady could be amazing, but I don't know. So I'm going to go with the known quantity. If you let me out, they did. I went and, and I couldn't be happier. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, on a much on a much smaller scale, I I like the fact that you added Joe uh, the production, the people that are behind the scenes. Because you know when I had a di- difficult decision, obviously after 14 years in St. Louis, and the decision came, and and eventually you have to make a decision. I mean, you got to should or get off the pot, I guess, as they say. And uh, but I we can say a, bad words on this podcast. I, I mean, we don't we don't normally, but I think that Sanger, was exactly Sanger does. You know that mouth he's got. No. Yeah, that. he's just like a drunken <laughs> sailor. I, I, all I, I, I think. I think after I had a conversation with Rocky Wirtz, who just passed away, who was the, you know, the impetus. But after I got away from that conversation again, I think that was the quote from my wife. You should this or like, let's make a decision already. But yeah. it was, it, it's the producer, Tim Paps, that, you know, it's the direct, it's Phil Mollica. It's the guys in the truck. It's John Kelly. You know, the, those are the, those are the things. And the, obviously the fans, you feel like you're letting people down, but those, those aren't easy decisions. People think they're easy because, and I get it. ESPN offered a lot of money and, and at the end of the day, it's being happy in whatever spot you're going to be in. But uh, it ate, it killed me, Joe. I got to tell you, my, I had just I had an ulcer every time. Every day I woke up, I was like, "This is just getting increasingly more difficult." To make it's these a decisions. weird sensation, and and I don't know that if you don't do TV that you totally get it. But when you put that earpiece in, and you hear a familiar, yeah. I don't want to say soothing, but a, a voice that has guided you through things, and it's there again, and you have your own lingo. That's a really comforting feeling to have and to go anywhere else and go, wait, who is this guy talking in my ear? Who is, who, who is that? What do they do? Yeah. Why is this the audio person or is this the it takes time? Doesn't it? It's trust. It does, but it's been all, it's been great. And, and I've loved every second of it. And I, I think this, it was also nice to get out of the way for two people who I really admire and call friends and Kevin Burkhart and Joe Davis. And I know Fox is happy with what they have. I know ESPN's happy with what they have. And Troy and I are happy with where we are. So it's kind of like, you know, one of those, everybody is content. And now we just go forward. It's weird to leave. It's weird to see, hear the Fox music and not, it's like Pavlovian. I hear that theme song. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I, I, but it changes. And now I, I, it's less so than it was at well, first. It's like cutting down a big tree in your backyard and letting the other trees, all of a sudden they just start growing. You know, you, you moved along and you, you gave other people opportunity and that's, that's great. Yeah. And when, when I joined ESPN way back in 93, we called it the extra special panger network. 
So it's really good that you've joined the, the network that I started at right there. Oh, wow. You know I mean? Yeah. That's his yeah. way of saying you're welcome, like Tony Romo said yeah. to you. That's yeah, exactly. So I've got Romo for one side of my life, and I get to be at the extra special Panger Network uh, on next Monday oh, night when I'm, when I'm in Tampa Bay. Good. That's how I'll welcome oh, everybody. What, what do you think of the NFL playoff uh, picture and how it's going to shape up? Um, any good storylines? I mean, it just feels – it feels so wide open to me. I, yeah. I just, I don't remember. And maybe I would say that every year. I don't feel like I do. Like, like you go into last year, the playoffs, the year before, and it's like, for sure, it's, you know, it's going to be Kansas city. Right. You just know it. I don't know that anymore. especially with the way they played in the NFC, we started the year. It's like Philly, Philly, Philly. There's no way anybody's knocking them off and they get to 10 and one. And then they just, they, they look like an entirely different team now. And, and so, you know, is this the year for Dallas to get over the hump? Uh Who's going to beat San Francisco on their home turf? That's the one team I think. And, and you get biased by the teams you've covered. I've, I've done a uh, a Baltimore Ravens game. They were great in that game at San Francisco. Yes. Um, those are the two teams, I think, that are pointed to the Super Bowl. Right. But a lot can happen between now and then. But but I, I I think those are the two best teams going in. But but I don't think it's it's as clear cut as it's been in years past. And you know what's what's funny is <clears throat> that whole outcome with the Dallas Detroit game, with San Francisco losing this past week. If Detroit would have got that win, they would have the one seat. How crazy is that? I, I know. And we were there for that game with the who's reporting yes. and yep. Yep. is he eligible? And and I, I it's one of those situations where I see it from literally every side. Mm-hmm. I, I see it from Detroit's side. They they tried to confuse the Cowboys. They confused the referee. I see it from the referee side when you watch mm-hmm. 70 running in and you know, he'd been doing it all game. So you you know, you're in a high stress situation. You see that, you just kind of go off road memory and 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 you know everybody in today's world just wants to blame everyone wants to throw stuff at people and go hey yeah. it's you you yeah. did it and it just was like a a, a series of unfortunate events that that led Crazy. that led that thing but you also the one thing that you can't account for is if they had said taylor decker is eligible and told the defense to their face, 68's eligible, not 70, which is what uh-huh. they said 70 was. Uh-huh. Do they cover 68? I I would like to think they would, but Probably. we don't know. So 68 leaks out. He catches the pass, two-point conversion. They're winning. But if if Brad Allen, the referee, said 68's eligible, maybe whatever they did for 70 on the other side, they would have done a 68, and maybe they cover him. So we don't yeah. know, and it's – it's just easy to just go, ah, oh, this guy stinks. We got to, and, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just not into that kind of stuff. It just, that's, that's yeah. sports. Things happen. It's not perfect. And, you know, and I, I think Dan Campbell, sorry to cut you off. I think yeah. Dan Campbell of all the head coaches, he seems like the most genuine to go. All right. I'm pissed right now. I'm mad. Right. But let's you know the next day it's like all right we're not doing that we're not going there we're yeah. going forward and and they've yeah. got all these games out in front of them go win them and and if you got to win one more on the road than you otherwise would have or two more on the road then okay so be it go win the football mm-hmm. game the only thing that i would say that happened that night with the referee was the fact that he was in such a hurry to run away from yeah. the linemen as they were reporting what if you're confused why not just stay there an extra second 
clarify it, and then go tell the defense. That and that's what John thing. Perry, our, our, our you know, rules, official, rules yeah. guy, he said, and, and that's what I think Dean Blandino said, there's no rush there. But right. Brad Allen said to John in a conversation, and maybe this is violating their their confidence, but I, I think it's a good – it's a fair point. Brad Allen said, I know, but the league is so honest about pace of play. They're so honest about pace of play. It's not an excuse – exonerating him, but I can understand why it's like, all right, let's go, let's go. But this is basically the last play of the game. So get it right. Make sure you're right. Make sure they know, make sure we know, Mm -hmm. but it just didn't happen. Well, Joe, we could talk to you for hours. We love chatting with you and all your stories and everything, but we know you've got, you got little kiddos to pick up and a game where we will be listening. Eagles, Buccaneers, Monday night football. You're always a great call. You got, we love you guys. So thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Uh, our podcast. Thanks Joe. See you in Tahoe. You sh- uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Are you going to show me the, uh, what is that? Seven if, if you need, if you need a, a set of these beauties here to get, get it in the hole, I can probably work it out. I know you they're your sponsor. <laughs> so I just, I, I'm going to say Please. something that you can cut out. Okay. I bought a set of mirror irons. Nice. I'm not good enough. Oh, uh, yes, you are. Joe, I played golf with you. You're good enough. No. No. Nope. Hand forged from Japan. They make No, I know they are. I, and now we're going to launch into a live read. I know it. If you need iron, you want hand forged irons from Mira. You get a set. Look at well, the hey, chair. You get a Mira. Mira irons. While we're, yeah. while we're at it, then our good friend Johnny Oates said to say hello to you today. And I'm wearing a nice yep. Johnny O hoodie today. So there oh, you go. Oh man. He, I'll tell you what, you didn't want to talk about somebody who is good enough to play mirror irons or uh, anything. You want to put in his hands. It's Johnny. Johnny o, who's uh, yeah, a wonderful we'll guy. In a couple weeks. Yeah. He's, he's a great human being. So, uh, yeah, this has been fun. Thank Thanks you so much, Joe. Yeah, have a well, great. Well, that's why we got. And, uh, that's why we got you, Joe, because you're yeah. a great human being, got my friend. It. And we thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. Have a great playoff. Well, see you All soon. right, see you guys. You know what's funny? Uh, that's fantastic. You know, he's got the. Did you get your battery plugged in? No, I'm, I got seven percent. Uh oh. You know he's got the Philadelphia Tampa game, and yeah. On, yeah. on the on the betting side of things, I read an interesting article today. Philadelphia. Prior to the season, their win total was set at 11 and a half games with Vegas. They started out the season 10 and one. They won one game after that to finish with 11 wins. Can you imagine if he had the over 11 and a half? How crazy is that? After starting 10 and one? Started 10 and one. Their total for wins was over over under was 11 and a half. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. Yeah, it's that's why I, I mean, don't bet. The teams that are in, look at, I mean, Houston getting in. Nobody saw that coming, you know. And then uh, you've got the Steelers, who three weeks ago were, uh, I mean, a low percentage to even make the playoffs. And, you know, they've got a great game coming up against uh, Kansas City, right? And, um, yeah. No, gonna, Pitt- Pittsburgh goes to Buffalo. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. And Miami and by goes way, to Kansas City. And by that's the right. way, in Seattle for the Winter Classic. Uh, Darren Robert Pang, of course, took in the the the, the, uh, the Seahawks game against uh, against yes. Pitt, um, and because of uh, Janet Gretzky, we went downstairs. We we had pictures taken down there. We were on the field. You know me and my NFL acumen. I, I it, I'm all over this. I'm all over it. Pittsburgh was good. <laughs> that number fourteen can catch the ball and he can run really fast. I don't even know his name, but I think DK Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> no, another guy, Dickens or Pickens or something like that. Oh, for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's what I know. 
See that? Not bad. He huh? was public enemy number one a couple weeks ago when he when he remember when he wouldn't yeah. block his uh for his teammate and now he's catching you know amazing catches and making big plays and and he blocked a couple of guys in the wide world of sports. So um, I love Joe. That was awesome. Again, I, I know I say it a lot, but he is literally someone you could sit and talk to for hours. Just his yeah. stories, his even just delivering a story. Is, it's just amazing. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm, I'm happy for him for that. And um, just a humble, wonderful man. Multi-sports Emmy Award winner. Yeah, he's, it's one of those, he's one of those few voices, distinct, distinct voices. Yeah. Where you've got your head down and you hear a voice. Yeah. Al Michaels is one of them. Doc Emmerich. Doc. Yep. And then Joe Buck. It's like, whoa, yep. there he is. Yep. 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 Al, yeah. Al, Al Michaels. In fact, uh, when when uh, Joe was recently on another podcast, I was yes. listening to it. And and he uh, and he talked very highly of Al. And, yes, uh, he did. I, I mean, please play by play, guys. It's, it's, it's not wrong to say that you think someone's really good. And I, I like that about Joe. Like he's. In general, in general, it's okay to yeah. say someone else is good, even if they're in the position you want or you're in. It's okay to yeah. acknowledge great people, great teammates. You know, we live in this world. It's a very competitive business that we're all in, but, um, you know, it's okay to hand out yeah. congratulations Accolades. and yeah. great job. It doesn't always have to be cutthroat. So, and that's what yeah, the good guys do. And that's, you know, Joe's at the top of his game, at the top of everyone's game and continues to hand out, you know, kind words for others, which is great. And KT is not afraid to talk about social media really hurt him. Like it hurts a lot yeah. of people. It's, it's not fair. It's just, I, I, uh, during a game now, I'm not sure what you, you, what you're like KT when you're doing a game, but I, I never ever look at my phone mm -hmm. ever. I don't when have my, phone studio, on it's my backpack at the other sideline. Right. I don't when see I, it. Even when I did a studio show and I used to be in Canada, do either TSN on Wednesday Night Hockey, which is Canadian teams, or Sportsnet, which I did that, or a little bit at NBC. But I was hardly in the studio for with you guys at NBC. And uh, the, the last thing I did uh, was look at my phone. It was like it yeah. was over there. Yeah. Um, and if somebody, if a buddy texts me or, or a hockey person texts me, they're probably giving me some information on something. So I would look at it quickly, and but mm -hmm. not social media. I mean, it. It just, it takes you to here, to here, to here. You're the best. You're the worst. You're awful. You're, you know, we're going to get your, your, you know, we're going to kill your family. And I'm not saying that, but there, you know, it's, it's got to be so hard for you guys because you're, you are in the limelight. You're calling a, a very important game and to, to have that social media and, you know, we don't have to get into all that, but it's got to be hard for yeah. you guys. But you could yeah. feel it with, with Joe, you know, you could yeah. feel that. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know what, that's comforting in a way too, because if someone like Joe is getting affected by somebody saying something about him when he's the best and or, or one of the best that we've got right now in the industry yeah. calling games and, yeah. you know, for him to be affected, you know, it doesn't, then I don't feel so badly when I see something that's, that's hurtful. And, you know, mm -hmm. so many people are like, you gotta have a thick skin in this business. Well, we're all humans too. Yeah. And even, you know, yeah. even having a thick skin, you can still be affected by something terrible that someone says about you. You're, you're, yeah, you're absolutely. you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's a whole gotta, It's gotta be tough for you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all good. Friends like us, right? That's yeah. exactly it, right. What's, what's so, funny is you guys say you don't have your phones on and the UFC is the exact opposite. I'll be getting yelled at by our producer in the truck. Niner, what is going on with so-and-so calling fight, you know, Cormier or Bisping? I'm like, they're on their phone. They're on their phone. You got you got the, the POV camera. You're looking right at them. It's so funny. These guys are constantly on their phone during the fights. It's so funny. 
Good That's stuff. hilarious. Well, Panger's battery, speaking of phone, Panger's uh, on his iPad right now and his battery's about to die. So we, it'd be a great time to wrap the show. So episode 12, guys, in the books. It was fun. Uh, great having Joe Buck with us. And we look forward to the next episode of Back to You. Hope you guys are enjoying the show and subscribing on our YouTube channel and, of course, our Instagram and social media as well. Until next time. Bye, guys. Thanks, KT. Thanks, Niner. Thank you, guys. Great Have job. a good one. The Mira story is one of family passion and precision. It's one focused on the power of touch with every iron handcrafted and a belief in meticulous attention to detail. It's one grounded by an unwavering commitment to the pursuit of perfection. I can speak from experience. That buttery feel coming through the golf ball is truly second to none. You can visit MiraGolf.com to learn the Mira story. Discover the lineup of forged irons and wedges plus much more. Specifically for our listeners, you can enjoy 15% off your next purchase on the site using the promo code back to you 15 That's back, the number 2, U15. MirrorGolf.com also has a dealer location, so you can find a retailer near you if you're looking to test these irons out or get your hands on in person. Discover perfection with Mirror Golf.